Welcome to Humanity Evolve with your host, Catherine Calarco. This program will bring your life, family, and community together by focusing on the new technologies and innovations that define your world in an open and relaxed form of ideas and discussion. Now, here is Catherine Calarco. Hello, welcome to the show. This is Catherine Clarko, and I'm really excited about today and continuing our conversation about the future of work and the impact of being virtual and really about how to be more human in a, in a digital world. And this uh, today's show is really expounding on the idea of having a forum for discussion on, and knowledge exchange on how to thrive in today's world and create a positive future for yourself, your family, and your community. Now more than ever, we need to allow the light that's within us to shine and for us to w- find simple ways to alleviate struggle, struggles and to be a better human being. And that is being better human being in terms of you being a global leader or you being a, a, a fa- part of a family or a uh, wherever you are and whatever you you are doing, you have a contribution during these times to really uh, create an impact as well as to take care of yourself. So on today's show, we have the uh, the amazing Nancy Hauge, who is the Chief Human Resources Officer at Automation Anywhere. And she is going to talk to us about how, build, how we are able to build more humanity into our work lives, really about how leaders recognize the opportunity to, cre- to create that that's created by this current world. I mean, how can we see each other in new ways, learn more about each other? And it's an opportunity to rethink how work works and also how to be a better employee and a better leader at work to increase productivity and also deliver more well-being. And it, it, there's a lot of things that we have seen at work as well as, um, you know, the, the advantages that are presented at the moment. There's also the uh, issue of how do we work more from home the fact that we are, like we talked last week, we have a home life and a work life and it often changes in 10 seconds and it happens in the same room. And also how to maintain well-being and resilience during these times. You know, we have to be able to take pauses and build our brain function as well as to create resilience and more energy within our lives to actually be able to sustain through these times. And we all want to achieve high performance. We want to achieve what we're doing. Some of us may actually be trying to find work. We might be setting up our own business or really trying to adapt the current work uh, environment to these times. So, and uh, we're uh, so some of the discussion will be about the digital worker. So, really being about how can you be one of the issues is really about accepting people. So, um, we as leaders have to build a tr- more of a trusting environment. How do we actually have conversations that may take a little bit longer, but may need to be aligned and associated with uh, setting expectations and also being able to assure that we understand each other? So, we are pushing the envelope of, uh, of working in a remote environment, but we also are seeing each other to be more human. And that uh, we were talking uh, earlier about that, about how, how, you know, now we see, we see each other in a, um, 
we see that people's lives, you know, we're on Zoom and you can see in the background, you can see information about that individual, what's on their bookshelf, what books they read, or maybe what artwork they enjoy, or uh, maybe you see their pets and their kids and you don't usually get to see a view into that at work. So it's a great opportunity to actually enable people to be more human and be able to accept that they have lives and those lives may interrupt these meetings. But in fact, that's a, a great way to get to know people and to build trust and build an accepting aspect of them. And you also learn that there's an opportunity to create uh, a human first workplace. And um, I really look forward to Nancy being able to join us and talk a little bit about some of the exciting things that we've done at Automation Anywhere that enable us to uh, automate a lot of the work so that we can make work more human and be able to uh, uh, provide, um, you know, manual processes and that uh, take away some of those mundane tasks, you know, things like contract management or uh, a lot of the uh, process for resumes and recruiting and on and offboarding employees that are that are necessary to do but a, a but a software bot could do it for us and so it that happens it enables us to be very um, efficient and very productive and take care of our people and then we can spend the time being creative and uh, be able to talk about um, their lives, their work, and how to be more uh, progressive in that area. So um, uh, we are having a bit of a delay getting uh, Nancy on board. Um, We will continue the conversation uh, until she's able to join. Um, And until then, I'm going to run through some of the interesting things that are, uh, that come up within the making work more, more human. So, Part of this is actually to understand what's going on in people's lives. We need to truly slow down. And part of the slowing down is to take the time to check in. Um, It is uh, an opportunity to be one more clearer in your conversations and also to check in with people to make sure that you have that understanding. Today, we were talking about um, creating alignment on both commitment to actually deliver a particular project, but also on being able to uh, 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 co-design the expectations and the deliverables so that you're able to meet expectations by actually setting setting the what what people are looking for at the beginning. And part of that is actually having the time to have a conversation about it and know each is, what each other's asking for. And so I call this the rain, rain conversation. And so the rain, rain conversation is uh, I'm talking about the weather. It's raining outside and you're talking about a kingdom, the reign of a king. And so we used to talk about this when we were building uh, digital marketplaces and large platforms, because when the you had the businesses talking to IT or you had the leaders talking to the consultants, you had to make sure that you understood what each other was asking for in order to make sure that whatever was being delivered met those expectations. And um, in th- one of the examples is that we were often talking about, you know, real-time integration or real-time data visualization or the ability to create AI decision-making associated with uh, real-time dashboards. And so the IT area was talking about real-time, meaning like every it's updated every minute. And 
and the business leader was thinking, oh, I just need it real time every week or once a day. And so there was a, a much easier process to deliver the needs to the business once the conversation uh, became more evident that, uh, that you were able to have um, an understanding of exactly what was needed. So, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, um, and then also uh, one of the other aspects is to understand what's happening in people's lives to allow them to have um, conversations about it. So checking in to assure that people, one, are, have an understanding. Did they feel heard? Did they understand what the conversation was about? You may even want to create a more of an open dialogue using multiple avenues of communication like text or uh, teams. And also, one of the areas is to uh, is to be very uh, accepting of what's happening and um, be able to allow people to um, uh, kind of come in and out. They increase their 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 productivity, but they may have to take an hour out for their uh, child's education, or they might have to run errands in the middle of the day uh, for their uh, senior parents or things like that. So that's sort of aspects of it. So then, um, so the the other aspect is that uh, um, we want to be able to uh, put people first and realize that the business is run by people and know what you can do to help reduce uh, any anxieties or increase productivity and basically have that dialogue. And what's uh, exciting now is I have the honor and the pleasure to in, uh, be able to introduce you to um, to Nancy, who is now able to join. So I will let her into our conference. So, um, and Nancy, as I mentioned, has uh, been through over uh, five IPOs. She's been involved in, uh, in, she has been involved in being a leader through organizations that have gone through profound change, as well as seen hyper growth and seen an, an organization be able to uh, drive to that change. And so, Nancy, it's unbelievably wonderful to have you on board with us today. I was kind of giving a, a, an introduction to the concepts of how we are um, working to make workplaces more human and that your expertise is very deep uh, in this area and we look forward to hearing from you about it. So I told a few stories and I kept them entertained, uh, but now they're ready to listen to you. So Nancy, please take a minute to say hello to the audience and uh, talk a little bit about your background and where, where you see the work being more human now. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, you know, I think I should lead with the fact that I've been a human longer than most people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really old. Oh, no. <laughs> Nancy has got the youngest spirit. <laughs> I have massive experience in being a human, apparently. Um, you know, um, I didn't start out uh, to be in human resources. That was not my goal uh, when I started uh, my education. Um, I intended to be a comedy writer, to write comedy and sitcoms and work in the arts. Um, I married a, a very, very talented man. My husband is a composer. And um, at the time, he was a singer and actor struggling um, in New York. Uh, I went there to, to do stand-up comedy and also struggle in New York. And at some point, somebody had to get a real job, and I lost the toss. Um, <laughs> and I ended up taking a job in a personnel department. Um, and uh, it was uh, just the worst job I've ever had. It was just <laughs> terrible. Um, and, We've all but, been there. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
But I had no skills, no knowledge, no abilities. And so it, it seemed like personnel was the right place for me. Um, and I, one of the things that, that struck me from the, the very beginning of my career, and we're talking about the 70s here, was the fact that um, people were seen as such a commodity. Uh, people mm. were seemed to be interchangeable. That the relationship between human beings and their employers seemed to be um, a very imbalanced uh, relationship and that and this is long before I came to Silicon Valley I didn't come to Silicon Valley until the early 80s yeah. um, where I really felt that I had somehow died and gone to heaven I I was <laughs> dumbfounded by coming into an environment where <clears throat> well let me say it put it this way in my previous life before I came to to Silicon Valley I was asked to um, check my gender at the door cool. uh, really check my sense of humor at the door nobody needed that check my intelligence at the door because they just really wanted me to follow the processes and the programs, right? Just follow yeah. the rules. And you come to Silicon Valley, at least in 1980s. And, you know, uh, the first thing they said is please bring that sense of humor to work because we, we do need that. And you're pretty smart. Could you bring that to work? And then it didn't take long before people said, you know, a good percentage of our customers are, are women. So you might want to bring that gender thing with you as well. And so, um, it was in this environment that I realized I was allowed to be a fully integrated human being. Mm. Um, and so often in the work environment, people are not. They're defined as an employee. They're defined by their workspace. They're defined by a title that they have. And we don't often <clears throat> look at the, at the human. Interestingly enough, COVID has forced us to look at human beings. Um, we have through social distancing, We've created um, or, and are experiencing a much different level of intimacy. We have greater intimacy. We can see into people's homes on Zoom sessions. We see their kids, their dogs, their, their partners and spouses. Um, we see what's happening in the background. We can see their interests um, by what's reflected in where they sit um, it, while they're doing their work. It is fascinating. Um, and suddenly we're looking at a sea of individuals and not uh, just a group of people who come into a certain place. We've also learned that work is not some place you go to. I'm going to work this morning. Work is something you do mm. and wherever you are. Um, and so that also changes, you know, kind of how we think about human beings. Um, and so, uh, so we've had this, you know, um, year of extraordinary change and pain. And we've had to cope with it, looking at each person virtually kind of through a window into their homes, into their lives. Um, and we've been able to um, uh, really become far more human uh, yeah. around what we see and then how we respond. Do, do so. you see that? Um, one of the things, you know, just to expound a little bit on that, do you think that that has been an undercurrent that is now rapidly uh, moving faster to that point? Do you think that that is where we have had to evolve to assure productivity and engagement? Or do you feel that COVID has actually just been the catalyst? Oh, I, no, I think that COVID has been an accelerator. Yeah. But I think that the catalyst was probably the emergence into the workforce um, in the early uh, 2000s by what we referred to as the millennials, the, the people who born, were born 1980 yeah. and, and after. Um, you know, if, you're, if you were a millennial, if you were born in 1980, when you were uh, a little kid, the first world trade bombing occurred, right? Right, right. Um, and then as you, you were a little older, we went to war in Iraq, mm -hmm. um, you know, in, was that 95? Yeah. Um, 
93, I forget what year we yeah. were. What, and, um, and you watched it as a countdown on CNN. You know, you watched this countdown to when we were going to start to, you know, drop bombs in the Mideast. It was uh, astonishing for little kids. And then as you were graduating from college, 9-11 occurred. Right. So the truth is, if you're a millennial, you have no memory of a time when you didn't feel as though we could potentially be under attack huh. um, in the United States. And so that changed that generation dramatically. That generation said, look, you know, my, my parents created all these communication tools in order to make business work faster. I think I'm going to use them to make certain that I don't lose anybody. I'm going to make certain that I carry my high school friends with me, my college friends with me, my work friends with me. I'm going to, and I want an integrated life. I want to make certain that I, that I have time for my friends, time for my family, time for my health, time for my passions, and time for my work. And I am going to demand that my work environment allow me that. Hmm. And so that, that generation, who lots of people have been frustrated with, and I just them for this. They forced us to be more human. They said, uh, we are not going to compartmentalize as older generations did and, yeah. and just be what you want me to be in this workplace. I, we are going to be human beings wherever we go and you're going to have to, you're going to have to look at me and understand that that's what I am. And so some of this change was, had already started. Right. You know, really started to move with the social consciousness piece that, you know, younger people are very, very, very discerning in terms of who they choose as employers based on what the employer's role is in social justice, what their role is in the environment, what their role is in things that employers didn't think about in the past, except unless they had to comply with something. Well, now right. they have to comply with very human demand. Yeah. And so that is, I think that that generation has really moved us forward just dramatically in terms of our humanity in the workplace. And then we add to it a pandemic and we <laughs> add to it this um, uh, the, a summer of awakening around social justice. Um, and we find that um, our workplaces have to change entirely. We have Very to quickly. We have yeah. to disabuse ourselves of the entire industrial age yeah. and say you know, we have to redefine it now. Yeah, you know, we've got to go to commercial break, but this is fascinating because I think what you really touched on is that the evolution of us as a civilization, as a generation is driving the change, but then we're faced with an externalities. And so now we're faced with a leadership challenge. So I'd love to come back yeah. and talk about leadership and you touched upon diversity. And I think both of these are needed now more than ever with our being creative human beings, right? So we need right. creative problem solvers. So all of these this trifecta is actually an opportunity for us. So when we come back from the break, let's talk about the leadership and, and diversity and how being more creative now more than ever and how we actually enable humans to be more human. This is Catherine Calarco on Humanity Evolve. Let's please join us after the break. Thank you so much. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. 
If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoke All at CIOTalkNetwork.com. Voice America Network proudly presents the Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to the Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call into 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. Hello, and welcome back. This is Catherine, and I'm joined today with Nancy Hauge, who is an amazing chief uh, uh, HR officer for Automation Anywhere. She's been in the HR business for many years and has taken companies through hyper growth, through IPOs, through change, and has seen the evolution of the workforce to being more human. And before the break, we were talking about how the millennials have really driven this need for work to transform because of how they've grown up and what they require in terms of an integrated life in order to be productive. So Nancy, talk a little bit about how leaders are adapting to that. And then I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, the evolution of digital workers and how we can, how that helps make work more human too. Absolutely. I think that, you know, um, leaders have really had to adapt. The interesting thing is the millennials, the the earliest millennials to join the workforce are the leaders now. You know, right, these are, right. you know, they're, they're 40 years old. Right. And so they've now achieved great things in their careers and they, they really are changing how companies function. You know, one of the companies that, that pops to mind is GitLab that has, I think, 1,500 employees and has never had an office. Um, huh. And so, and they have really used all the skills that the millennials and young people have brought into the workplace around how to use social media, how do you use technology in order to create a strong, robust culture among people who, who have never been in the same room together. It, it's really fascinating. Um, and I think that's what we're going to see more of. And so I think the skills, though, that leaders need are, far, are again, on the human side, they're far warmer. They, I think that um, leaders 
need to develop their intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't be, you know, if you're not directly with somebody, you have to have, you have to put um, your, your intuitive uh, processes to work to really determine what someone's telling you when mm-hmm. you're not as clear about their body language, when you can't see exactly where their eyes are in the room, that sort of thing. Um, and certainly empathy. When you're dealing with a whole human being and not just the compartmentalized person who comes into the workplace, when you're dealing with the whole human being, you have to use an, an enormous amount of empathy. Um, and that is what people respond to. You know, right. People respond to being understood, being heard, uh, being respected. Uh, as I often say, you know, the, the, the most important currency in all compensation is respect. Yeah, And I think that um, it's often something that people don't discuss in terms of leadership. And that is the, the first thing you use um, as a leader, the first thing people will respond to is your respect for them um, and the evidence that you respect them. Yeah, you know, I, I, I really, I really like that because I think everyone has something to contribute. And, and if you're considerate of that, they often increase their productivity. It seems counter, right? They're thinking, oh, you know, we used to work in stress management and, and some of the companies said, well, we're afraid to take the, the, the foot off the gas because productivity may decrease. So, um, how, do, how do people in that sort of uh, diverse, integrated environment stay highly productive and efficient? Well, in, we have discovered through COVID that we haven't lost any um, productivity or efficiency yeah. um, in, this, in this environment. As a matter of fact, um, we have to err on some of the other side of that equation and say we do not want people to sacrifice their health mm. for productivity. We want to make certain, you know, when, when COVID um, uh, forced us all into our homes, uh, everybody got rid of their commutes. <laughs> yeah, that did not add two hours a day into their family time. It added two more hours of work. to work. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And so we've had to be really, really conscious about saying, are you taking the breaks you need? Are you getting the time off? Are you getting enough sleep um, when there is when it, there's little demarcation from your work day and your home life? You have to figure out a ritual of some sort. I have a ritual, which is I'm in and out of my office uh, all day long. Um, and I see my husband frequently throughout the day. But when I'm really done, I close the door to the office and say, honey, I'm home. So he knows <laughs> the day's over, done. right? Yeah. Yeah, so we've developed this little, this little ritual. Um, but I had to do it uh, because it was so easy to slip back in and slip back in and, and, and extend my work day till 11 o'clock at night. Right. Um, Right. And so, but we, with our employee population, we've really had to be conscious. We've had to, as you know, we've, we've created some uh, days off, stress-free days for people. So the whole company <gasps> takes a breath, a breath all at once. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, it, yeah it, it, the, the other side of that is that you, you have to learn to create that structure of the space within your day to say, okay, this is work time. And then I'm moving to kid time, you know, so that you, right. or you share that workload and, and also, you know, really accept the interruptions that occur when they've got, you know, the tree trimmers in the background or roof exactly. repairs or dogs. That A dog barking. Yeah, exactly. Right. Kids that run in and out need some help with something. Right. Um, so with, um, so with the leadership also comes the advantage of diversity, right? Yeah. And, and, and the advantage of uh, enabling people's authentic self. And I talk a lot about this mm-hmm. on the show in terms of everyone has a gift, right? You all have a gift to this world and it's up to all of us to assure that that gift, 
gift and that light is grown to its full manifestation, right? And that work should be part of that. You, you may, you may be, you can be t- completely professional, very data driven and, and uh, you know, uh, developing products, but you're still are who you are as a person. Yes. Yeah. So talk a little bit about diversity in the workplace and how that has driven or how we can be more human um, in light of that. Well, and, and yes, it's interesting. Um, so I'll start with, with very personally. Um, I can't leave my sense of humor at home, right? I, right. I, I use it. It's my problem-solving device. <laughs> if I can see the punchline, I'll see the solution. So everybody who works with me knows I, that they're going to hear. There's going to be a lot of um, irreverence from me. <laughs> Um, and so that, and so there's a diversity of style is something yeah. that, that we are far more accustomed to now versus, you know, 1950s, you know, with White's organization man, when it was very much about how do you fit into an organization? Really today, it's how does the organization make room for you and be able to access those mm. talents? Mm-hmm. Um, what you would really hope for, I think, is that, you know, your work is an, is an inspiration to your personal life. Your personal life is an inspiration to your work. And so that those, those things, there should be a yin and a yang that, that exists there. Right. Um, when we think about the rest of diversity, though, I think this is, a, this is remarkably advantageous right now in terms of the COVID, as much as people are frustrated by it and frightened of it, rightfully so. But there's a couple of things that are fascinating about it. One is um, it's, you have a limited ability to create clicks mm. when you are in this environment. Right. It's a limited you, you don't see people going and clustering at lunch tables um, based right. on their ethnicity or anything like that. So, you, you know, you end up and you end up getting to know people better and differently through these through these windows that we're watching them through um, and engaging with them through. And so I noticed that there um, the bondings have created um, more um, heterogeneous groups as opposed to homogeneous groups. And whether that is around male and female, whether that's about ethnic mixes, whether that's about different functions in organizations, I notice that people are coming together and creating relationships that they never would have created in the office. Mm. Um, And strong personal relationships, strong collegial relationships end up with a far more productive work environment. The other thing we have to remember is um, being in this virtual world right now, it means the world is our source of supply of talent. Mm. And that means that <laughs> there are more women available to us because there are more That's women around so the world true. than there are in our zip code, right? That's so we're going true. from zip, we're going to go from zip code class talent to true world class talent now because we can access them. Um, and it's the same thing uh, around all ethnicities. Um, yeah. You know, if um, if there is a, a, a greater population of um, African-American executives sitting outside Atlanta or sitting, um, you know, in Louisiana or Georgia. Well, we don't have big offices in those places, but right now you could work from anywhere. And so I'm, this is one of the silver linings of this situation is that I, we have recruited a very senior executive across the country from us. We have never met him face to face. We've done it entirely through this process. If anyone had told me a year ago that I was going to hire someone that I never sat in a room with, I would I'd never have believed them because I've flown all over the world to hire people because I wanted to see them in person. Right, exactly. Um, now I know I don't have to, which just <laughs> opens up so much opportunity for us mm. and for everybody around the world. Right, so, right. Um, yeah. I think that uh, that's going to make huge inroads. The other thing, is that this environment we're in right now creates a level playing field around who gets seen 
Mm. It's not like because you sit at the corporate office and you get to walk by the CEO's office every day. So he comes to know you or she comes to know you. And therefore, when they're thinking about who are the star players, they think about you. But if you're sitting 400 or 4,000 miles away and you don't see that CEO every day, that person isn't thinking about you necessarily the same way. So the concept of being at corporate gives you a corporate, it gives you an advantage around promotion and visibility. Nope, now that's gone. Now everyone has, it's a level playing field. Everyone has the same advantages. And so we take away a lot of those, um, those old models around how right. people move forward. Yeah, and you know, you're, you're talking about that. It also, on the opposite side of the individual who's interviewing or the, the individual who's 4,000 miles away, they have an opportunity to allow more of who they are to be, to be expressed because yes. they are not meeting in person, you know, That's so right. they have to somehow convey who they are as an individual and do okay. that in a way that you feel comfortable with. So, it's almost um, enabling us to allow, because on a, in a Zoom world, you almost have to be a little bit more who we, you know, you, you yes. a little more expressive, well, right? And so, uh, I think it also um, puts some, uh, it might be change management for some people, it might be tough to actually, oh, I'm not used to doing that. You know, I want to meet people. I'd rather be in person or I'd rather just be on the phone. But I think that it also enables people to uh, test out new things, to find yes. that they can make mistakes. They can be goofy or have their hair all done wrong or, you know, whatever. That's right. whatever. It's like, it's like oh, oh, people accept me more for me because they understand the environment that we're working in. And they realize that uh, who I am hasn't changed, you know. Right. But, and so, uh, and and yet they, they're, I find that it's also important to um, uh, check in. We were talking about that in the beginning of the call was to find other ways to have that water cooler chat. And you'd be That's surprised. Right. We have, uh, I work for those on the listening in, we have um, 10 forward and some meditation and we have virtual meeting rooms, right? And you, you meet so many people It's mm-hmm. you would have never met and you have these chats with people that are, you know, a time zone, two time zones away from you and they're, they're having dinner and you're just having your morning coffee and, you know, you, you never would have met them and seen them in person and now you have the ability to do that. So it's exactly. very cool. And that's what you don't want to lose if, is, if, as we go, you know, forward into whatever the new um, environment's going to be, you don't want to lose the great things that we've brought here. And, you know, to, to your point, Catherine, I, I know it's important. It's important point to you, which is that being your integrated self in the workplace, you know, think about it in any other situation. If we were talk to people about disintegrating their personality, we'd think of that as a mental illness. And yet we've asked people to come to work as a disintegrated personality, you know, and so <laughs> now we finally can, we can put, put it all together. And so we get that much, yeah. much richer, much richer environment, much, much, more human environment, but it's far more talent that we get access to, right? Yeah, if I, exactly. we see things that, that we didn't know we could use before, right. um, and we get access to all that, um, uh, the, all the facets of the human being. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that, uh, it's, it's really exciting. And one of the things that we've done this year, um, we've created a bot that helps us create a map for investment into the human beings that work at automation anywhere. And we could never have done the work without automation. Mm. And so it's interesting that it is this, we have several bots that do a lot of work for us that, that for that allows 
my human resources people not to have to do that and instead be engaging, actually engage with people. Engagement is not um, filling out a survey. Engagement right. is talking to someone and really hearing what they have to say. And so... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And and uh, for those who may not know what a bot is, um, the basically you take uh, software and the, the software actually, it's a software bot, a software robot, and it basically mimics the, or uh, does what a person would do. So if it logs, if you log into a system and get information out of that and do something else with it, this, the software does it for you. And it's pretty slick how it works. And we're going to need to go to another break, but I'd love to you to tell a little more about what that bot does and Sure. Some of the other bots that you guys have uh, created, which are fascinating in terms of the outcomes that it's achieved and how it enables HR to become more human and create programs that uh, truly help people to develop. And uh, we look forward to that. I think it's super important to realize that um, because we are developing and using technologies, it needs to be, we need to be more conscious of how to infuse humanity into that and put it, as uh, Niti says, put human first. Right, and how how do we consciously build that into it while we're you know driving for the bottom line and and uh, growing the company and uh, delivering excellence and customer service and products etc. and um, growing to be better leaders. We also have to put that into a framework that enables us to. Uh, assure that this is good for people and and also for business, you know, and I think we're challenged with our current environment to make sure that we think of all those things. Like you said, workers are looking for companies that are socially conscious, that have, uh, you know, are thinking about their impact on the world and on the climate, that actually take care of their people in ways that they can, but also provide a highly stimulating, purposeful environment, but are, but still allow for, you know, rigor and, and uh, a challenge challenge and and uh, and an ability to to uh, to to build things so right. um, I'm gonna go to break uh, let, when we get back though we're gonna tell you all the secrets about the bots and then <laughs> and then how how technology makes people human and how we as individuals uh, what we can do to actually enable that to happen and I at the end I'm gonna challenge everyone to come up with something and I'd love to hear from you on what you do so uh, this is Catherine Kalarka with Nancy Haugi talking about making work more human we will be back after the break thank you so much Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time for our special series on Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers presented by SAP on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call into 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. Welcome back. This is Catherine Calarco, and I'm with Nancy Haugi. We're talking about how to make work more human. And before the break, we were talking about key leadership styles and what leaders are challenged now to do. And we, we talked a little bit about how um, leaders are now uh, incorporating digital workers and how HR is changing in order to move their workers more to engagement rather than uh, the mundane re- you know, repetitive reporting and things like that. So enable HR is changing. I'd love to hear you kind of talk a little bit more about the bots and the digital workers that you've created in HR and how that's really changed um, how your organization is able to be more human. Yes, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, again, because I'm so old, I'm so thrilled I live to see this. This is, yeah. this is undoubtedly the most exciting technology um, of my career from, a, awesome. from an HR perspective. And um, we started simple, you know, um, one of the tough things to do in a rapidly growing company is count heads. And it sounds like it should be simple, but it's really, really hard. Um, and so we used to have a young woman who, who would count, do the headcount report twice a week. It took her about four hours, four and a half hours each time. She had to go into our HRS system, into our you know, applicant tracking system, into payroll, into the ancillary payrolls. It was a, it was a task. And then we wrote a bot. To do it. We created this software robot that did the exact same thing as Sarah did. And um, after about three weeks, uh, Sarah came to me and said, you know, Nancy, I'll never do that report manually again. And I won't work for a company that does it manually. <laughs> does it manually. <laughs> it's an IQ test. They failed, she said to me. And she said, because it gave me nine hours a week back mm. to be able to be more creative in my work, to be able to actually do the things I'd hoped to do. Um, so we've created, uh, you know, dozens of bots, some that uh, that run all the time for us. We have these um, digital colleagues, I call them, that go in and check that the data is right in our, in our database every night. And then the next morning you get up and there's a list that says, hey, these things look wrong. You should probably attend to them. We yeah. have a file clerk bot that does all the filing of the of paperwork that needs to go into employees' virtual files right. uh, rather than have a human being move, move that stuff around. 
the, the most recent and most intriguing bot that we've uh, built is one that helps us create um, a, a map of investment for um, employees. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it takes a look at um, their, their skills and their performance and um, how they align with the future strategy. It takes a look at uh, the employee answers some questions for us about their engagement level, what they really appreciate about work, what they'd like to see more or less of in the workplace. And we end up with, you know, for 2,000 employees, we'd end up with, I don't know, a little over 300,000 pieces of data by the time we collected all this. And it would take six months for a human being to go in and try to create what we need from that. Right. Well, I don't have six months. The information is going to become latent. And I can't put six people on it for one month because I can't take six people off their jobs. And so we created this bot that goes in and organizes this data for us so we can see um, what this employee, what's, what's really valuable to them, what their experience is. And we have set it up so there's a set of interventions and investments that if an employee is enjoying these things and would like more of this in their work life, we can then um, offer up interventions and solutions and suggestions to the manager. Mm-hmm. You might, so an example is to say, you know, it appears to us that this employee isn't getting enough recognition. They mm-hmm. feel a little under-recognized. That's something you should pay attention to. Or it may be it, things such as, you know, by the way, this employee um, appears to be more lowly paid in the um, range than they should be based mm-hmm. on how long they've been here. You need to attend to that, and this is what this might look like. And so the bot goes in and from all sorts of um, perspectives uh, gives back an, an approach to help each manager have a very customized invents investment and retention plan mm. for that employee. Hmm. No one's ever done this before. No wow. one could do it on, without yeah. the technology. And right. so it's, um, it, it is quite thrilling hmm. that we can um, do that on a custom basis. Yeah. And, and if you've got a large team or if you in this, a lot of diversity, you actually get it as a neutral data point or in uh, to to be able to make an informed decision. Of course, you've got to still, like you said, use the intuition, leadership, knowledge, experience right. and, and the other factors that made that individual a leader. But it does give you so much richness of information, you know, and, that's right. and yeah, and that's and fantastic. As we know, the richer the information, the harder it is actually to discern what are the important pieces. And so because of the way we've configured this bot, um, it can focus in on what's really important to the employee. And so right. therefore, as I said, um, it's, it's an incredibly impactful um, yeah. piece of work that we could never have done as humans. We never would have thought of doing it as humans. We would have dreamt of it and couldn't figure out how to do it. Um, and, and, it and now it has moved again the the uh, manager now is in an engagement process with mm. the employee as mm-hmm. opposed to the assessment process. They're in the right. engagement process. We've taken the assessment um, and made that the bots work. And right. So it gives the, it makes it far more human. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to put the hu- humanity back in human resources before <laughs> I retire. I promise you. Exactly. And that's one thing that has not changed. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like the, the, the impassion and enthusiasm of being in HR is remain more about the human, the human worker, the ability for people to actually be highly productive. And, and so tell me a little bit about how you create that high 
performance environment. I mean, you look at you look at bots being able to curate information you never had before, so that you can actually create more engagement. What kind of things have you seen that, uh, with regard to the high performing environment and and how people are able to take care of both of their well being and the well being of the company? Well, if you think about, let's think about, you know, the human brain, for example, is a creative association engine, right? Yeah. That's what it is. That's right. what it really enjoys doing. And so when you burden it with all the robotic work, the tedious, the mundane, all of that, you suck the very life and joy out of human <laughs> beings. And so if you can give them that back, as I often say, you know, um, imagine you're in a self-driving car. We all know about self-driving cars. Imagine you're a self-driving car. Um, what are you doing while that car is driving? So other than bracing for impact, because you know, that's what <laughs> I'm doing. You don't drive trust it yet. <laughs> exactly. But other than that, what are you doing? And so um, th- this was a relevant conversation before COVID, before we, you know, when we were all in our commutes and people would say, oh, I'm going to be doing work. I'm going to be catching up on my emails. Oh, I'm going to be reading. Oh, I'm going to be calling my mother because I don't have time to call her. It was, it's fascinating to me as I would ask that question, all the things people would talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but generally what they would say is, wow, if you gave me that, just that much more time back, I would be so much more creative because I would get time to think. I would get mm. time to learn. I would get time. That's what we really like. Yeah, that's what yeah. we really want. And that's what we're best at. Yeah. Um, and so I think that in terms of productivity, productivity is no longer going to be measured by, you know, widgets off the end of a line or how many hours your butt's in a certain seat, right? It's right. not measured by time. It's going to be measured by contribution, and productivity is going to be measured by, you know, relevant contribution. Uh, how, how well do you know what's going on in this company, which means you need some time to think and learn. And then how creative can you be with your solutions for us? Mm. We also must remember, you know, again, our brain gets tired of making decisions after a certain number of hours per day. Right. And so right. one of the things about long hours is it erodes productivity. It does right. not increase it. And so the old measures of productivity, the industrial age, were how many hours, more hours, more piece parts produced. Right. Well, you know, that's, that's not the business we're in. We're in the business of creative solutions. So we've got to protect that part of the human brain and make certain that, we, that the human being it's in is healthy enough that they're going to be able to continue to use it in a creative way. Right. And it's like uh, people talk about this all the time with regard to AI and uh, intelligent automation. These new technologies that are kind of forming in the in, uh, fourth industrial revolution is really about um, people are, are excellent problem solvers and we're going to be right. really a challenge to be creative and it doesn't mean everybody you know there are some people who really love mundane work and there will always be things that that people value and they can do but and but it does open up what are the possibilities for the future right what are the what are the elements for us as individuals if we are able to truly free up time and and truly kind of self-discipline to work on things efficiently and 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 creatively solve problems in a that enable us to really address some bigger things. I mean, we were at MIT. We were talking about how do you create twenty percent more capacity in an organization because they're going to mm-hmm. need that in order to be sustainable, you know, right. into the future. And there's no way to do that unless you actually free up time for people. That's right. That is exactly right. Um, I think that the uh, the contribution. I guess I would uh, say it this way. Um, if you think about a big insurance company where they have people, you say you're in Bloomington, Illinois, and you're at State Farm Insurance, and so they have all these people who check claim forms as they come in, right? Are they correct? Right. Are they correct? Are they correct? Imagine that a bot did that. 
and yeah. that you took those people and focused them on your customer. Right. And that they were focused on making certain the customer was having a great experience, right? How would that change your business? How mm-hmm. would that change it? It dramatically change it. Yeah. Um, you could, you know, you change the face of an industry when you make the industry more personal. Right. And so um, that's, that's kind of the, the image that's in my head. Um, we don't, re- we have to remember, you know, what, what uh, automation does, automation, um, it automates work, not jobs. Yeah. You know, there are very right. few jobs that can be fully automated. And human beings are best. Even the people who get comfort out of more mundane work, yeah. it, I think it's still the escalation of that mundane work that they, that they enjoy. Oh, here's something that didn't go right in the process. Oh, I wonder why this didn't happen as it should have. Oh, right. We, we like solving those problems around, even around the mundane processes. Right. Um, and that's, the, that's the human brain doing what it does best. Yeah, and I think it's uh, the the change management and being adaptive and a constant learner is truly uh, an advantage in in these challenge in these times, and so um, it also is a leadership. And if you enable people to be comfortable with the change, you know, and right. and, and consider that because we look at it, uh, you know, when you're a purpose driven company, people are like, yeah, okay, whatever we need, let's you know, you I see this in life sciences because they're all looking for a vaccine or trying to make sure that PPE is available in hospitals and. They're like, yeah, let's change this. You know, they couldn't pop, they couldn't humanly po- uh, process uh, the n- amount of orders that was coming through and they had right. bots to do it and they were super excited so that they could focus on how do we assure healthcare and people are being taken care of and how do we actually fast track clinical trials and things like that, but keep things safe and eff- eff- effective and, right. and, and uh, quality oriented. And I, you know, I, I think everyone wants to be a part of that. And so I think we've got that opportunity. So if, in, in a closing remark, Nancy, what would you leave us with? What What are some of the key takeaways um, that that you would in, inspire our audience to to do with this information? What can they What could they do? The, well, um, you have to think about how the workplace can become more human because with what you've discussed, with automation, with um, uh, augmented intelligence, all of that, you know. In the future, humans will only do the work that only humans can do. Mm. And so, um, and humans will only be able to do that work in an environment that was created um, for um, a human brain, not human hands. And what I mean by that, pardon me, what I mean by that is the industrial age was set up around what, how busy hands, what were you doing busy with your hands? Mm. And the next era is going to be how busy is your brain mm-hmm. um, and how creative is your brain. And we need to make certain that, as I said, that um, we create the environment where humans do best what humans, that the do. things that only humans can do, think, learn, create. Um, and I think that um, uh, I read in our, uh, a quote this morning that was really stuck with me, which is it's better, uh, try not to be a know-it-all, try to be a learn-it-all. <laughs> and Be constantly curious. <laughs> yes. And exactly. That it, how we will build that time yeah. into um, the workplace and the work environment of the future um, is the big challenge. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally agree. And that, and actually thinking that you can actually stand up and be part of it, right, is actually present an offer. If you see something that needs to be fixed and you'd like to be part of the solution, offer to fix it, offer to be part right. of that, offer to create a, an answer, offer, you know, just be part of that and don't, don't underestimate that your ability to create a, a positive environment and your impact on that. We are so out of time. I can't believe how quickly this went. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy the conversation and I challenge everyone out there to think of one thing that you can do to make work more human. You don't have to be a big company. You don't have to be a small company, individual, or a huge organization. It is up to all of us. And today, think of one thing you can do to make work more human. And part of that is to take care of yourself, your mind, your body, your heart, and your future. So I wish you all the best. And thank you so much, Nancy, for being on the radio show today. She is super awesome and really wise. And so you've got to follow her on her blogs and her other podcasts. Uh, Please check out uh, Nancy at Automation Anywhere. We look forward to staying in touch. And next week, we've got a new episode on fintech and the future of finance. All righty. Take care, everyone. This has been Catherine Calarco on Humanity Evolve. Thank you for joining us. Please stay connected and let your light shine. Thank you for joining Catherine Calarco for this week's edition of Humanity Evolve. Be sure to tune in again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again then. 